bring all of it of himself to us as we seek him, as we meditate on him, as we look for him. He'll make himself manifest to us. But this is what I want you to realize. You have a gift. You have the gift of salvation. It means eternal life. It means eternal life with the Lord versus eternal damnation. There is a hell. There is a place that people are going to go to who don't know Jesus. Our gift to them, even this Christmas season, is to introduce them to their creator, to introduce them to creator God who made them with a purpose. So let's pray about that through this Christmas season, that our gift could be, Lord, open up the door for us to share your love with someone else who doesn't know you, to bring them the gift of salvation. You don't have to be good. If you seek God and you you follow him, it's just going to happen. You're going to be like him. You're going to do good things. You're going to have a good heart. And, you know, I really believe that even people who we know, a lot of people we know, they're good people. They're loving people. They can be kind people. Let me tell you something. I believe that's God. That's God calling them. He has a purpose for them. But those of us who know the truth have to bring it full circle. He told, Jesus told us when he left, when he ascended into heaven, he told us that we were called, all of us, not just Chris, not just pastors or priests, all of us are called to spread the gospel of love. His love, you know what the gospel means? Forgiveness. It's available just like that through believing in him and receiving him. So that's our gift that we can give to everyone that we know and love and our friends. And that, you know, this is the thing. All of us are called. A lot of times people are like, oh, it's up to the pastor or it's up to the preacher. Uh Uh-uh. I would guess that so many salvations and belief in God come just from that one-on-one of sharing your faith with someone else. Amen. 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 We're going to do Hosanna. The angels sang when they came, when Jesus was born. Oh, Lord, give us that praise this morning. Put it in our hearts that we could sing praise to you, that we can worship you, that we can just come before you and pour out our praise. Amen? Amen. In perfect, perfect, perfect authority, everything good, everything great, that is who you are, Lord. You are holy. And Father, you tell us, be holy as I am holy. And the only way we can do that, God, is by your Holy Spirit. 
and we pray this morning come upon each person each person here today in a powerful way god come upon this community come upon a wego come upon candor come upon newark valley come upon tioga center and and Appalachian and Little Meadows and God, all of this county come upon us in power and might that this would be a place of your glory. That Lord, you want us to be that light shining on the hill. Let it start right here in our hearts, God, that we would be your light to those caught in darkness. And we will bring them out in the name of Jesus because your name is the highest. Your name is the greatest. And all we have to do is say in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. We have all power in Jesus' name over all dominions, all powers and positions in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I pray a blessing on this morning. I pray a blessing on this week. Bless your people. Bless them, God. Bring them to their created purpose. And that is one with you, Jesus. One with you. And we praise you and we thank you this morning. We give you glory. We give you praise. And everyone said, a loud amen come on amen that means you agree <laughs> amen amen we're gonna take up an offering amen hallelujah praise the lord god is good all the time so father grace come on down grace is back thank you jesus we had Ollie do it one week. He was so excited. He ran around. It was crazy, man. It was great. Father, we just thank you and we praise you for this tithes and offering that you're bringing into this place. I pray that you would bless your people who are giving faithfully, Lord God. Every week, Lord God, we have a church full of givers, and I thank you for them. I thank you, Lord God. I know that you will bless them and prosper them, and that your hands will be upon them, that you would bring healing and health and prosperity to their homes. And I pray this, Lord God, as we take up this offering in Jesus' name, amen. God is great, amen. We're waiting for Julie, but I have some scriptures for you, Joe, that I did not give to you. So you have a pen back there to write them down. I'll get you ready for my sermon here today. I broke the law this morning. I'm a lawbreaker, just so you know. I said I wasn't going to write my new Bible, but I did. I highlighted scripture. <laughs> I was trying to keep it nice and neat because sometimes when you flip the pages, when it's highlighted, you go right to the highlighted part and you read it, you know. So, but I can't help it. It's a workbook. The Bible is a workbook, right? It's meant to help you, guide you, the life book, life map. All right, Joe, Scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 17 and 18. That's one. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 3 through 4. That's 2. Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 19. And I'm going to close with 2 Corinthians chapter 4, all of it. And we're not at the closing yet, we're just beginning. <laughs> and my wife is going to share her communion and I will pass out the elements. No. Amen. Oh, no. All right, you want me to help you? Okay. Well, communion. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians for communion, chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. Since I'm in Corinthians, I'll make a bookmark there. Communion. Communion. Communing with God. Amen? We have to believe that God's blood that was shed for us saves us. Amen? And that God's body that was broken for us heals us. Who here needs healing in their body? Who here needs healing? Almost everybody needs healing in their body. So when we partake of communion... Let's believe by the blood and by the bread that we're healed in Jesus' name. And let's not doubt it, but let's believe. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> let's believe also that the blood that was poured out for us covers all our sins. And he takes away all those sins that we had. And he casts them as far as to the east as to the west. And that his blood is a protection for our family, for our children, for our grandchildren, and for the generations yet to come that aren't here. Amen? We can plead the blood. You know, I plead the blood when I pray over my whole family. I plead the blood. Plead the blood that they would be covered by the blood, that they would be protected. When my kids can go to school and my grandkids, when I see my kids, I mean my grandkids, you know, and my, you know, that's what I say because they're all my kids. I plead the blood over them. We, pre, we plead the uh, blood of Jesus over them as a protection. Amen? Amen? So you guys should be doing that. I plead the blood over my kids because when they're at school, they're out from under your covering. But you can put a covering over them by, by praying the blood of Jesus over them. Right, hon? Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so now we're going to share... As soon as Julie comes over, we're going to share of what the blood does. You're going to read it too. Come on. Since you are 11, verse 11, or chapter 11, verse 23. Are you going to do this with me? This is yours. Communion is my wife's. Come on. You can come up here and you can do it like we do it at our home. No, well, when we do this at home, when we partake of communion at home, one of us would pray over either one part of the, of the body or the blood of the elements. Usually that's what we do. <clears throat> 
So Jesus said, as he took up the bread, and he held it up, he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And then he took the bread and he broke it. So we too will take the bread in our fingers and we'll break it and then we'll partake. Amen. And we'll all lift up our hands and say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for your body, which was broken for us, for our healing. We receive your healing, your broken body, your healing for us. We receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. In the same way that Jesus took the body, he also took the cup after the supper and he said, this cup is the new covenant in which my blood, in my, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So let's all partake of his cup, his body, his blood, in Jesus' name. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your blood which was poured out for, for me. Jesus poured out his blood for you, for me. And his blood, as Brandon Lake says, still speaks a better word. <laughs> Amen. It's still alive and just as effective today as it was then. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I hope you all had a happy Thanksgiving. You know, a couple weeks ago, I missed a very important birthday. And we did not have the opportunity to sing happy birthday to her. So we're going to call mom up right now. She turned 92 years old, and her birthday was on the 13th. So we're going to pray. We're going to, while well, we pray for her healing in Jesus' name, but we're going to sing happy birthday to her, even though it's a little late. So mom, come on up. I'm coming. I'm tethered. Here are the bones cracking. You're good. Nothing. <laughs> well, turn around. We're going to sing happy birthday to you, even though we're late. I missed it the week you had your birthday. So everybody ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Joan. Happy birthday to you, 92, going strong, amen, 92 and going strong, how old am I, 92, oh, get that, 29, 29, 29, Corey said, 29, oh, praise you Jesus. Eyes of blue. <laughs> so, all right, praise the Lord.
Lord, I pray over this sermon, Lord God, that you would open our eyes and our ears to your word, that you would help us and our minds to understand all that you have for us. I pray that, Lord God, that you would bless it, Lord God, and that your anointing would be on it, and that you would speak to your people in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Last week I preached on where the Spirit of the Lord is there is freedom, remember? And that Jesus came to give us freedom. And that he removed the veil from our eyes. Right? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, 17 and 18. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We with unveiled faces, meaning Jesus removed the veil, are looking as in a mirror at the glory of the Lord and are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory to glory. This is from the Lord who is the Spirit. See, in that version it says, with an ever-increasing glory. Meaning that that glory is not decreasing, but it's increasing. And I'm going to tell you this, it's our job to keep that glory increasing. Amen? Amen. It's our responsibility. You can't just put wood out there on a fire and then you think it's going to just burn. you got to give it a little oxygen, right? As Corey's case, he'd give it a little more gasoline. And then I'd come and light it and it would just blow up. But there's nothing better than being caught on fire for Jesus. Amen? But you don't want to be caught on fire in the natural realm, because I'm telling you what, unless you have Jesus in the fire with you, you're going to get burned. <laughs> right? Just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. There's a fourth man in the fire, and it's not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and it looks like God. That's who you want to be in your fire. Amen? And you can put that in any fire you have in your house. Any kind of fire that comes against you in Jesus' name, you want to have God at your side. Amen? All right. Now, I want to share with you a dream that I had last night. And I shared this dream with my wife this morning. So in this dream, there was a little girl, myself, and another person. I did not recognize any of them in my dream. But you're probably going to laugh at this. <clears throat> but you got to be patient. <laughs> so there was a pizza box. Right? In this dream, a little girl, another person, and myself. But this pizza box knocked down this little girl. It was flying around in the air. A pizza box, right? Of all things, right? Knocked down this little girl. And I said, no, come over here. You can hide in here. And then I went and hid in one. And then another, the other person hid in the other. And they were like containers, you know what I mean, with sliders on them. They were like those metal containers. They weren't really wide. They were narrow. But they had sliders on them. And as I'm in this container, and it's dark, and it was dark out in my dream, I'm sitting there and I'm thinking to myself, why am I in this container? Why am I in this container? 
So I started praying out loud. And I started getting bolder, you know, like, and then by the blood of Jesus Christ, I'm free and I have power in the name of Jesus. And I started getting bolder and I just started like reciting scriptures. And I look up and I didn't realize there was a little hole in this container. And I look up in it and there's this red eye looking down at me. And I woke myself up saying verbally out loud, you are the devil. <laughs> and it scared me. And I woke up from my dream. And I thought, after my dream, I started praying and casting out demons and any demonic horde that might be coming against me in my sleep. And just saying, Jesus' name, as the man of the house, God gave me authority. And this is for every man here. You are, you have authority over your home. As the man of the house, as the head of the house, you have to take the authority over your home. That is your role. You are not just a provider, but you are a protector. And you're just not a physical protector, but you're a spiritual protector over your family. You are a covering. So I started taking that authority in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I cast out the devil out of my bedroom, out of my house, by the power that Jesus gave me and the authority that he gave me as the man. I am the spiritual covering. So I started praying that and praying that and cast it out. And then I thought to myself, I remembered a man named Lester Summerall who was a, you know, he was taught under a lot of Smith Wigglesworth teaching. But he went to Africa one time and he was sleeping in the tent. <clears throat> but prior to that, he confronted a witch doctor. Right? He was confronting witch doctors. And he was casting out the, the spirits out of the witch doctors, the, the demonic spirits out of these witch doctors in Jesus' name. Well, as he was sleeping in his tent, this demonic spirit, the devil, came to his tent, woke him up, was shaking his bed so much, his cot, shaking his cot so much in his tent, that it literally moved him from one side of the tent to the other and woke him up. And then he realized, this actually happened, then he realized that was a devil, and he's like, why am I wasting my time on you? You know, I, I cast you out in Jesus' name, and leave me alone, I'm going back to bed, and I'm going to go back to sleep. Well, then he realized his cot was moved out of place where it was. And then he said, wait a minute, get back here, and you put that cot back where it was. <laughs> this is what he told the demonic spirit. And all this stuff took place and happened. So after my dream, after I'm casting all these things out, that thought came to my mind, and I said to myself, what am I doing wasting my time with the devil? This is a waste of time. He's not worth my time. He is worthless. He is nothing compared to who is in me. Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. And I have nothing to fear. And I went back to sleep. Right? But it's so funny because I'm preaching on the freedom that Christ gave us from the last two weeks. I've been preaching on it. On the freedom that Christ gave us. And that all of us with unveiled faces can see and be transformed into the glory of into the glory of God. Amen? 
But one thing that the devil doesn't want, he doesn't want you to realize this. He doesn't want you to realize that you are free. Because the devil is a liar, a stealer, a thief, and a destroyer. Right? He doesn't want you to be unveiled. In other words, he doesn't want you to see the truth. To see the truth that you've been set free, he wants to keep you in bondage. So what does he try to do? He tries to keep the veil on your face. He tries to keep you veiled from seeing the truth. Because the devil doesn't want you to realize who you are. He's trying to keep you veiled. And he'll do everything in his power to complete his mission. That's his mission, is to keep you from the glory of God and to keep you from knowing who you are in Jesus Christ. That's the devil's job. And he will send you down rabbit holes. He will send you chasing after a, a shiny thing like a crow. And keep you going down in that direction because it's keeping you off target. When our target is Jesus Christ, our target is the Word of God. Our target is the end of our lives, which is the kingdom come. That's the target, having a good ending in your life. I want to end my life well. Now, I'm hopefully far from ending my life soon. No, but that's all in God's hands. And I'm trusting God for that. But I'm not afraid of death because I know that my home is in here. It's in heaven with the King of Kings who we sing praise to and who we give glory to for everything. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter four, verses three through four. Says this. But if our gospel is veiled. If our gospel, this is Paul preaching to the Corinthians, and he's telling them, if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God, and it's little g, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Big G. The God of this world is the devil. That's the God of this world. Little G. And he is trying to keep your minds veiled to the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, you see this all over out there in the world. I hear people say that the word of God, that the Bible has been manipulated and it's been translated into all these different things. I see people trying to mix religions. Different religions, they're trying to make Christendom, which is Islam and, and, and Christian together. Why? Because they want to coexist. I see those bumpers coexist, and it drives me insane. I just want to ram them, and that's road rage. And I don't know if it's the righteousness of Christ coming over me, but I want to just... How can 
Christians, how can the Word of God, how can we coexist and accept a religion that doesn't believe the same that we believe? That believes that it's okay to go out and have sex with children. Or it's okay to murder kids. When the Bible says clearly that if anyone hurts one of these children in my name, then it's better for them to tie a millstone around their neck and cast them off to the deep. deep. That is not the same God we serve. We serve a loving God who cares for all of His children, who didn't just care for them but died for them, shed His blood for them, took a beating for them, went to a cross for them, and rose again. That's the God we serve. And He did that for you, and He did that for me. Amen? But it's the God of this world that is veiling this truth over people's minds. That's keeping them from hearing the truth. And He doesn't want you to come to that truth. He doesn't want you to come to that truth. And that's what Paul is saying here to the Corinthians. You know, this is amazing. The Bible is an amazing book. Because this is happening today. It happened then. It's still applicable today as it was just then. Because this book is alive. It's the Word of God. It says that this world and the ne- this world and heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will never pass away. Listen, church, our job is to bring the good news, the light of the truth, to those that are perishing, to the unbelievers. We have to be like Ananias. Does anybody know who Ananias is here? (laughs) You actually do know. Once I tell you the story, you'll know. God told Ananias to go to a place and lay hands on a certain man. That the veil or the scales may come off so that the people can see or that he can see. And the story is in Acts chapter 9, verses 10 through 19. Listen, in Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on Straight Street, and asked for a man from Tarshish named Saul. For he is praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. Lord, Ananias said, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And he has come here with authority from the chief priest to arrest all who are called by your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, 
Go. This man is my chosen instrument to carry my name before the Gentiles and their kings and before the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it. Placing his hands on Saul, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately, something like scales fell off of Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized, and after taking some food, he regained his strength. You see, Paul turns out to be, Saul turns out to be Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, who was used mightily by God. See, Paul, who was Saul, <laughs> he studied... He was starting to be a high priest. He was taught a Galilean way under um, this guy who was like a high priest or was the high priest. But he was taught in the way of scriptures and his whole belief was still in the Old Testament. His whole belief was like, no, this guy Jesus is a blasphemer proclaiming that he is God. He didn't believe it because the devil still had a veil over his face. He didn't see the truth that was right before him in his eyes. And he thought that he was doing the right thing by rounding up all of this new religion, sect, or belief that was spreading like wildfire over the whole country, over the whole world. See, when Jesus came, the whole world changed. Literally, the whole world changed. Time changed. We went from A.D. to B.C. <laughs> Or B.C. to A.D. <laughs> Put it that way. Let me get that straight. We went from before Christ to after death. The whole world changed. Time changed. Jesus is a time changer. <laughs> but anyways, Saul thought he was doing the right thing by gathering up these Christians. He even had them stoned. And while they watched, he was stoning these Christians. And as they were being stoned, they would cry out, praise God. You know, but Jesus met Saul on a road called Damascus, it's called the Damascus Road. You should look it up in your Bible and read the whole story because it's powerful. Jesus met Saul on the Damascus Road and it changed his life forever. And you know, there's a song out there by We the Kingdom called Jesus Does. And that's what Jesus does. Jesus changes your life forever. When you truly have an experience with Jesus in your life, when you truly have a Damascus Road experience, it changes your life forever. You are no longer the same. Just like Saul became Paul. Paul ended up spreading the gospel of Jesus, the truth of Jesus, giving up his position in a high place in the religion which was of the rule of that day, he gave it all up. He gave up his position, all of his training, because he knew 
what Jesus was saying was the truth. He saw it in the scriptures that was written long ago. And he changed his heart. Jesus changed his heart. Amen. And that's what we need today. That's what the church needs today is another experience with Jesus that changes your heart. That changes everything. I had an experience with Jesus that changed my whole life. Literally changed my whole life. I went one way and God turned me right around and set me right back the other way. Changed my life. That's what Jesus does. Second Corinthians chapter 4, I'm going to read the whole thing. And I'm going to close with it. It says, therefore, since we have this ministry, we have this ministry, Paul said. That means all of us, right here. You are in the ministry, not just the minister. As my wife said today up there on the, on the uh, stage there, we are all in ministry. Amen? And we can't let the devil box us up in the containers like we discussed this this morning, Julie and I, of fear, of shame, of guilt. Because that's where the devil wants to keep you. That's what the devil was telling me in my dream. That I'm going to keep you in a, in a container of fear. But no, that's not who we are. That's not what we're meant to be. We're not meant to be locked up in a container of darkness. We're meant to be going out there by the freedom that Christ gave us and the liberty that Christ gave us, preaching and speaking with boldness the freedom, the truth of the gospel of Christ. Unashamed. I saw my one grandson who had a t-shirt on last night. It said, unashamed. We need to be unashamed of the gospel of Christ. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm unashamed of it. Because His freedom came to me. His freedom can come to you. His freedom can come to others that are lost and that are in unbelief. And therefore, since we all have a ministry, right? Because we were shown mercy... We do not give up. Instead, we have renounced secret and shameful things, not acting deceitfully or distorting the Word of God, but commending ourselves before God to everyone's conscience by an open display of the truth. By an open display of the truth. We've renounced shameful things. That means we're not doing them anymore. I renounce those things, those secret things, those secret thin sins, secret things, sins in Jesus' name. I renounce those. And it's the devil that tries to remind you of them and keep you from completing. Because he wants to keep that veil over your face. Amen? He doesn't want you to know you're free. He wants you in bondage. He wants to keep you locked up in that container in darkness. But if our gospel is veiled, 
It is veiled to those who are perishing. In their case, the God of this age has blinded the minds of the unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we are not proclaiming ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and ourselves as your servants for Jesus' sake. You know, we talked today a little bit about witchcraft and about psychics this morning. A difference between a true prophet of God, somebody that can proclaim the future and explain the future to you, he says they're not taking glory for themselves. They give the glory to the Lord. A psychic will take the glory for itself, for himself. Not only that, but a psychic or anybody in witchcraft usually wants to get paid for doing it. I don't think it's free to go to Phil Jordan. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been there and I never will. You know what I'm saying? We talked about that. But it's not free. That, and he's not giving the glory to God, is he? He's taking the glory on himself. There's a huge difference there. For we are not proclaiming ourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord and, our, and ourselves as the servants of Jesus' sake. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, has shown it in our hearts. What has He shown in our hearts? The light of truth. So that we can get the light of knowledge of God's glory in the face of Jesus Christ. Now, and this is where I started highlighting in my new Bible. <laughs> we have this treasure in clay jars. Who understands that we are clay jars here? We are clay jars. We were made out of the dust of the earth. Man was made out of the dust of the earth when God created the first Adam. He made man out of the dirt. Jars of clay. And then he put man asleep and he took a rib out of a man and he created a woman. That you can read in the creation account in Genesis. Amen? So we have this treasure that's in us. These clay jars. And this treasure is an extraordinary power. Maybe from God and not from us. And that is why when we are afflicted in every way but not crushed, we are perplexed but not in despair. We are persecuted but not abandoned. We are struck down but not destroyed. We are like the Energizer Bunny that keeps going and going and going. When you have Christ in us, nothing else can matter and nothing else will stop you. Amen? You keep going. There is nothing I'm despaired about. Nothing I'm perplexed about. Nothing that my God can't handle. Amen? There is nothing that God can't handle because God has already handled everything. 
We always carry the death of Jesus in our body so that the life of Jesus may also be displayed in our body. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that Jesus' life may also be displayed in our mortal flesh. So that death is at work in us, but the life in you, so then death is at work in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith in keeping with what is written, I believe, therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore speak. For we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus. Amen. And present us with you. Indeed, everything is for your benefit, so that as grace extends through more and more people, it may cause thanksgiving to increase to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not give up. Even though our outer person is being destroyed, as we get older, as our eyes fail, as our ears fail, as our hands fail, the inner person is being renewed day by day. Our momentary light affliction is producing for us an absolutely incomparable eternal way of glory. An absolute, incomparable, nothing can compare to it, eternal weight of glory. So we do not focus on what is seen, which is this earth, which is our lives, which is our livelihood, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporal, but what is unseen is eternal. Our hope is not in this world, church. Our hope is in the world to come, is in the eternal world. Amen? Our hope is in what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. Our hope is in Jesus and the life that Jesus gave us. And we all should be looking forward to that day. Because to be absent from this body, it says in the Bible, is to be present with the Lord. And it happens in the twinkling of an eye. The minute we give up the ghost, our spirit goes to heaven. The minute you be like walking from this life to the next without even losing a breath, without even blinking an eye. That's going to be an amazing day. Amen? And our job as the church, since we're all in this ministry, is to open the eyes to bring the light of the truth to the unbeliever and get them into the kingdom of God. Especially those you love the most. That's why I've shared the gospel with my whole family. That's why I'm sharing the gospel with my friends. Because I love them. I don't want them to be perished. I want them to see the truth of what Jesus has done. And I pray that someday those who didn't receive it, that they would have a Damascus Road experience that Jesus would change their life. 
Because that's what Jesus does. Amen? So, Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it's alive and well and sharper than any two-edged sword that it's able to divide bone and marrow and separate spirit and soul. Lord God, I thank you, Lord God, that it speaks right to our hearts. I just pray that it comes alive to us. That it comes alive to us. Your word comes alive to us. That, Lord God, that where it's no longer just reading, but we're experiencing your presence with us and you're opening up the scriptures to our minds and our hearts to understand the truth and the knowledge of what you've done and then walk in all the freedoms that you've given us, Lord. I pray this over your people today. I pray this over each person here. We not only plead the blood over them, that you would cover and protect them, but Lord God, that you would make yourself known to them. In Jesus' name, I pray this. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Amen.